0: You're listening to Witch Wednesdays, your weekly podcast source for all things witchcraft in the modern world. Welcome back to Witch Wednesdays. I'm Steph and today we are going to be talking about spirits and hauntings. There are two topics that I want to cover and the first is this, the spirits, hauntings, whether or not you are being haunted or your home is being haunted by a spirit. And the other topic is curses. Curses 101, whether or not you've been cursed, whether that's a hex, a jinx, all of those things, whether somebody has done that on you and just curses 101 in general. I get kind of those same questions together. Am I being haunted? Am I being cursed? What's going on? But they really are two very different topics. So first, we're going to tackle this spirits and hauntings, and then later on, we are going to tackle cursing 101. So let's dive into spirits and hauntings. So there are two sort of main ways that you can be haunted by a spirit. And the first is that there are hauntings of the land and buildings. And on the other side, there are hauntings of objects and people. So when it's the land or building that's being haunted, that is usually some sort of disturbance in the location that has made that spirit come forth. It's usually there because it died at that location. And generally, the spirit will stick around if they died suddenly or traumatically. But some just really like that space and they don't want to leave. And they also may not know that they have died. This is very common in really old homes that had those really treacherous, um, servants stairways that were really steep and narrow and a lot of servants would be going up and down those stairs daily carrying food and things and they would die and break their necks and those spirits are usually the ones found haunting those stairs just going about their tasks, going up and down the stairs as if they had never died because they just aren't aware of it and on the other side is the hauntings of objects and people so that's a little bit different because then that spirit is going to move with you. So it's important to know the distinction. Because that hit tends to crop up randomly and that's usually what happens when somebody says, "Oh my gosh, I am being haunted and it came out of nowhere." It's because there is a new spirit that is attached to a person or it is attached to an object. It could be attached to an object that you have disturbed in some way. It had been sitting for a while and then all of a sudden you moved it. It could be that you brought a new object in. Usually secondhand or antique items tend to have sentimental spirits attached to them. So if it was an old mirror or chest of drawers that they really loved during their lifetime, they are attached to that. And then if you pick that up at an antique store and bring that into your home, you are also bringing that spirit then in with you. But they can also attach to your Person, and that often happens when you have a lot of bottled up emotions. If you are not dealing with your emotions, spirits can be attracted to that energy. You may also have a spirit sticking around if you recently had a loved one die and you are unable to let that go, if you are still dealing with a lot of grief over that and you are not allowing them to pass on. So they may be stuck to you and stuck to your energy and wanting to stay with you and comfort you because they know that you are not ready yet. And they can sometimes stick around if you did not properly finish a spell or ritual. So some people will invoke spirits and ask spirits for help during a spell or ritual and maybe not see that through to completion. Perhaps it was really long or over the course of a couple of days, or you just fell asleep during it. There's a lot of reasons that sometimes witches forget to finish up their spells and rituals and release that circle and release that spirit. So it could be possible that you just forgot to do that and the spirit is sticking around. So this is a f- few you know, ways and reasons that a spirit might stick around to haunt a place, a person, or an object. So let's go back and start at the basics to get through the mundane question of are you being haunted? Because it's really crucial to learn how to differentiate between a spirit haunting you and more mundane occurrences that are going on that could be causing these symptoms that you're dealing with. And it is important to make that distinction because there are some, you know, signs and symptoms that a spirit is present and that could be objects moving, hearing voices, uh, odd noises, bumps going on in, in the walls, doors opening and closing, seeing things out of the corner of your eye. And a lot of people automatically think that it's a spirit, there's something haunting, but that is not always the case and it's not usually that simple those things could be caused by a wide variety of non-spiritual occurrences. And sometimes those are just relatively harmless. You could be in an old house that is just settling and creaking. It could be noise carrying from your kids. There are a lot of simple reasons that any of these signs could be occurring. But the real reason that it's important to make the distinction and to figure out if it's actually a spirit and not something else is because a lot of the mundane underlying causes that could be causing any one of those signs or symptoms is much more serious and potentially very dangerous. So everybody, you know, jumps to spirit right away first thing um, when they work in the realm of witchcraft, which I completely understand and it does make it, you know, more common, but it's really important to ask these questions and rule out any other causes first. Like I've talked about on this podcast before, that Magic can help solve a lot of problems, but it's not the only tool to use and it can't you know, address all the problems, magical or otherwise, until you know what the root of the situation is and can take mundane steps necessary to fix it. So if you don't know or understand exactly what's going on, there's no good way to respond appropriately. So there are usually six common mundane causes that cause the same signs and symptoms that you would get from a spiritual haunting. So the absolute first thing you need to do is check through the list one by one and make sure that none of those things are the actual issue that's going on. So I'm going to run through these six now, and I know that it is not the spiritual haunting information that you were looking for, but that is coming next. Um, Absolutely, don't worry. It's coming in this episode, but it's so important to go through these things first because these things on the list are potentially deadly and happen, can turn deadly in a matter of hours or weeks, so it's important not to mess around. And I feel like it's definitely part of my duty to make sure that you have this information. So the first and probably most common that people ignore is carbon monoxide poisoning or a gas leak, which is something that hundreds of people die from every single year. And symptoms include headaches, weakness, nausea, vomiting, confusion, dizziness, blurred vision, fatigue, smelling sulfur, chest pain, nosebleeds, depression, ringing in your ears, plants dying, difficulty breathing, and loss of consciousness. And these symptoms specifically disappear or become less severe when you leave the affected area. So a lot of people will jump to the conclusion that it is an unhappy spirit that is in their home and wants them to leave. And then when people leave the premises, then they start to feel better. And so they think it's the spirit pushing them out, but it can often be carbon monoxide poisoning or a gas leak, which can cause brain damage, organ damage, even death. So don't mess around. You need to have carbon monoxide detectors. You need to make sure that they are working. If you have Any of these symptoms, get everyone out of the house, all of your pets included. Open all the windows. Don't touch any flames, light switches. Don't turn anything on. Just get out of the space. And if you feel better once you are outside, then call the emergency services in your area. Call 911 and the fire department will come out and check for carbon monoxide. They do that. It's free. My husband is a firefighter here in Chicago and they do that all the time. And better safe than sorry because... A, it kills so many people on its own and those things can lead to a fire within your walls um, that you won't know until it's too late. The second thing, make sure there are, are no infestations of rodents or insects because if you are hearing bumps in the night, scratching in the walls, there's strange odors, your pets are acting weird. Again, if you have dying plants, Insects and rodents can be very destructive to homes and carry a ton of diseases, so that might be what you are hearing, not necessarily a spirit, but little mice or insects in your walls. also want to be on the lookout for mold contamination. This is particularly true in older buildings and warmer, humid climates. Symptoms include headaches, fatigue, coughing, especially at night, sinus issues, allergic reactions, fever, difficulty breathing. And in the long term can cause you to lose your hair, Um, anxiety, memory loss, numbness in the hands and feet, sensitivity to light, muscle cramps, and gaining weight for no reason. If you have visible mold, you're going to know it. So obviously get that evaluated and taken care of. But even if you can't see it, it can grow easily in the walls and other areas that you can't really see. So if you are having those related symptoms, then definitely get your home tested for mold. You also want to make sure that you are not suffering from heavy metal toxicity. Old homes have lead paint, uh, mercury, and even arsenic. So again, you can look up the symptoms for all of those things, but mercury in particular is known to cause serious mental instability. The Alice in Wonderland character, the Mad Hatter, is based on hat makers that used to use mercury in the hat making process that literally drove them insane. So Lots of symptoms come from heavy metal toxicity. So, again, if you think that could potentially be an issue, especially if you live in an older home, then always get tested for those things as well. Absolutely, rule out any sort of psychiatric problems because mental illnesses always have symptoms that resemble spirit activity. So, it's really important to talk to a professional that can help you differentiate and rule out any mental illnesses that might be at the cause because. We've talked about that on this podcast before too, that it's so important to prioritize your mental health as well. And that can often mean seeking out a professional in that area. This of course has symptoms that present in a variety of ways, but keep in mind that usually spirits are not going to antagonize a specific person and will generally be easy to banish. We'll go through that in just a minute. So if you find that the spirit is really mean, the delusions are really mean, and you're the only one that is having experiences with it, and you try a vanishing and it won't go away, um, then going to see a doctor to rule out any other issues is a great idea. And lastly is sleep paralysis. And this is my unpopular opinion, but um, sleep paralysis is one of the most common symptoms that people give for a spirit haunting. And sleep paralysis is when you can't Move the body when falling asleep or upon waking, it usually lasts for like several seconds, maybe a couple of minutes, where you're consciously awake and you're unable to speak. You might be having some hallucina- hallucinations. Um, feel pressure on the chest, difficulty breathing, um, sweating, headaches, muscle pains, paranoia. Some people report seeing shadows in the room, somebody watching you, or even seeing some sort of creature sitting on your chest that's immobilizing you. So it's easy to see why sleep paralysis might be confused with having a spirit and a spirit haunting. But unpopular opinion is that sleep paralysis is never a spirit haunting. Um, It's a stress response. And it specifically causes the transition in or out of REM sleep to become out of sync with your brain. And solving this issue just requires better stress management, better sleep habits in general. And there are medical professionals that can help with this as well but in my opinion sleep paralysis is never a spirit haunting so those are the top six that can often cause these signs and symptoms that people confuse for spirit hauntings so if you've gone through that entire list and ruled everything out all of these mundane causes then it could be a spirit that is haunting you so then of course the next question is what do you do now And how you decide to handle the spirit is going to depend on the spirit itself and how it behaves and on your personal approach to the spirit realm. Because just like people in your life are unique and diverse, so are spirits. So no two situations are going to be exactly the same and no two spirits are going to be handled in exactly the same way. Even if you are dealing with two different spirits yourself, you might have different approaches for each. So there are a couple of steps to keep in mind between figuring out that you have a spirit and banishing the spirit, because that is usually you know the last step. So there are some things in between. And the very first thing to figure out is whether or not the spirit is aggressive. And that means actually aggressive, not that it's causing you know disruptions like creaking in the house or that you think the spirit is scary because you're unfamiliar with spirits. I mean, is the spirit actually aggressive in that it has attempted to harm you or you know, another person in your household or your pets. And in that case, if the spirit poses a direct threat to your well-being and the well-being of the people around you, then you do in fact skip directly to the banishing and take magical action right away. But short of that actual aggression, anything else is probably workable because there's a lot of different reasons that spirits get kind of upset or they might just be confused or scared and act out in that way. And those types of spirits can be gent- dealt with much more gently. And then you can turn them into a you know happy spirit that, that can coexist in your space and potentially even help you with your magic, which is you know a lot of people call on spirits in order to help with spell work. So if they are already in your space, that can be incredibly helpful. Alternatively, you might find that you are the type of person who likes to help spirits move on. So you meet whatever needs that they have and help them to pass on to whatever next and leave peacefully by their own decision. And that depends entirely on your personal spirit tolerance. So as long as that spirit is not aggressive, then think about what is your own personal tolerance level for spirits. Because some people you know some witches have absolutely no tolerance for spirits they are either you know just like afraid of the idea of spirits in general they might have had bad experiences with spirits in the past that they just don't want to do that anymore or they just don't have the time to deal with a spirit in their environment because it's a you know, relationship, right? So if you are going to allow it to stay and remain happy and maybe even assist you in your spells, that's sort of a back and forth relationship there. And some people just don't have time for it. So if you are a zero tolerance person, then that is perfectly fine. There's just no you know, nothing wrong with that approach. And that in that case you would jump right to the banishing that I'm going to talk about at the end. And you can fall anywhere on the spectrum, you can have some level of tolerance for spirits Uh, Just the ones that are maybe calm and reasonable, but you don't want to deal with the ones that are upset for whatever reason. And some people feel like it's part of their craft and their calling to help these spirits move on, even if they are more um, angry and acting out. They feel like it is part of their craft to help those spirits and assist them to move on or at least feel more comfortable in the space. So wherever you fall on that spectrum, it's perfectly fine. So the next step in the process then is to figure out why the spirit is haunting you, figure out why it's there. We don't want to assume that we know the answer to that. So it's always best to try to communicate with the spirit and have a quick conversation just to figure out what's going on. And the best way for people to do that, unless you are, you know, very cyclically gifted and can communicate directly with the spirits, which not a lot of people are, and you probably wouldn't even be listening to this uh, episode if you were. So if you do not possess that gift, then the best way is through the use of divination. And it is specifically what Ouija boards were created for. Now, I am going to link a YouTube video on Ouija board uh, safety tips just so you can get a better understanding. A lot of people are freaked out by Ouija boards, but I think that comes more from Hollywood than it comes from the actual boards because using a Ouija board to contact the spirit realm is not any. Different or inherently more dangerous or anything than using a pendulum or any other form of scrying. There are a lot of divination techniques that you can use to contact the spirits. I feel like the Ouija board is easier because there's more answers that you can get and get, have things spelled out, and a pendulum is usually just yes or no. But if you watch that and you still are not comfortable with Ouija boards, you can use tarot cards, pendulum, scrying, or any other divination method that works for you. The key is to just go in with an open mind and keep your focus on you know, what you want to know, what you need to know about why that spirit is in your space. And you might also want to ask what it's struggling with and whether or not it needs your help. Just keep in mind that not all spirits have a problem and not all of them, you know, want your help. I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but there was a spirit ghost I don't, I'm not sure I was little. Uh, in our house when I was young, her name was Maya, and she would only come visit me at night and always come out through my closet. And I would only and I, I was not the type to have imaginary friends. so it was definitely some sort of spirit. And it was a little girl, and she just wanted to play, which is <laughs> all, all that it was. And as I got older, I didn't, you know, see her anymore. My mom wasn't freaked out by it. You know, when I woke up in the morning, I would tell her like, oh, yeah, Maya came to play with me. mom was just like,, okay, okay, yeah, but my mom has, you know, seen ghosts in the house too. So she was unconcerned by that, but that spirit didn't want help. She just wanted a friend to play with. So some just don't need, you know, don't have a big problem and don't need you to fix it for them. So I find that more often than not, uh, a spirit is not there to victimize you or attack you. It's probably not related to you at all. Again, it's probably because you disturbed its object or location. If it was resting comfortably in your house and it's never made a peep before and you started renovations, that's probably why it suddenly made an appearance. Like I said, if you brought in an item from a secondhand store, that's probably why it made an appearance because you, you know, disrupted its object in some way. So just try to keep all of those things in mind when you are going to contact the spirit to figure out why it's there. And once you figure that out, try just resolving the situation with a conversation. Sometimes spirits, like I said, they don't realize that they're dead. In the same way, sometimes they don't realize that they're causing you problems. They don't realize that they're interrupting your sleep. They have no idea that they're bothering you. So you don't necessarily need to be attached to the Ouija board or be able to see the spirit or hear the spirit at that, that exact moment because they are able to hear you. So just make sure that they know that you're speaking to them and announce your intentions and tell them you know, how you're feeling without being you know, overwhelmed or overly emotional. Just have a nice conversation with them. And sometimes that is enough t- to get them to calm down, stop whatever behavior is going on that's upsetting you, uh, and just to let them know that it was. And now that they've realized that sometimes having that conversation is enough to get them to stop. But if the conversation is not enough and the behaviors that have been disrupting your life keep going on, then just set some ground rules. So it is your space. And as the human, you are more powerful than the spirit because you are both spirit and physical. So just remember that and let the spirit know that here are the ground rules that they need to follow. And if they do not follow them, you will be kicking them out. And your ground rules are your own. And that is often no intentionally scaring or hurting the people or animals in the house, no breaking things, no interrupting sleep schedules if they you know, want to talk in any certain way. This is how they can leave the messages. Whatever your rules are, it's kind of like making a roommate agreement before you move in with new roommates just to get rid of any potential problems before they even start. And if that spirit is attached to a person or a place or an object, they likely don't want to leave. So by telling them what the ground rules are in order to stay, they usually just go ahead and follow along with that without causing an issue. But of course, Some will ignore you and then it is time to take magical action. So we are at the point where um, you've tried, you wanted it to stay, but it's not working out or you have no spirit tolerance whatsoever, or the spirit is aggressive. Now we are moving into taking magical action. There are of course different levels to the magical actions that you could take. And usually you start with the less intense versions and then scale up as the situation requires. But if you are dealing with that, you know, aggressive spirit, then you might want to jump right to the more intense uh, magical solution. But again, since every spirit is individual, you just have to pick what is the right um, situation and tolerance level for yourself and that spirit. So you want to start with light magical action, and that would include things like cleansing, light warding, and spells that would invite the spirit to leave. So it's kind of the magical equivalent of politely ushering a guest out the front door. And if the guest is polite, they will go without a fuss. And if they're not, then this lighter form of magical action isn't really going to do anything. So this is what you would start with when the spirit is not particularly aggressive or hasn't been understanding the, you know, requests that you've been making before. So this is a way to sort of make it clear to them that you would like them to go so they can still leave of their own volition. So you would start with the cleansing, and you can use any cleansing method that you like. Whatever you use regularly does not have to be fancy. You're just making sure that you are holding on to the intention to remove unwanted spirits from your space. The intention is the most important part. So there have been episodes on home cleansings. So there was how to do that with smoke, the traditional way, Um, but you can also do home cleansings with salt and crystals and water and sound and um, the besom, all sorts of different options. So refer back to that episode and just go with whatever your favorite is. And then after that, you would do a light ward. And all you need for that is uh, either a pointed object. So that could be a ritual knife, it could be a wand. um, It could be a clear quartz point. That's what I usually use because I don't have a knife or a wand. You go outside your home if you're in an apartment you can do this as well um inside as well and you want to walk around your home clockwise beginning at your front door and you want to point your pointed object at the base of the house where the walls meet the dirt or if you're inside it would be you know where the baseboards meet the floor and then as you walk you imagine your energy you know coming out of your arm into the tool and onto your house so while you're doing this the energy is expanding and stretching over the entire house slowly as you work your way all the way around the perimeter. And then when you reach back to the starting point at your front door, imagine that that energy is enclosing your house and becoming a solid wall against any unwelcome energies and spirits. And then use that tool to sign your name or initials in the air in front of your doorstep to seal it. And that's it. That is light, magical cleansing, and warding. To move up then into a medium level um, of magical action. That would be like a more heavy duty cleansing, a stronger warding, um, maybe a binding and lighter banishing spells. So rather than inviting the spirit to leave and encouraging them to leave of their own volition, this is like pushing them out the front door. So this is any sort of low mid-level strength spirits and should work for most. um, If It doesn't leave and it just like the situation just escalates. It's either a very strong or very angry spirit and then you would move on to the next one. So middle of the road is a more heavy duty cleansing and that would usually involve a floor wash. So particularly one that would, I will um, include a recipe, that's pretty simple, on whichwednesdays.com if you want to check out the show notes, but it would just be water salt, uh, Solomon's seal root, if you can find it, and then mop the floor of your entire house. Um, if you have carpet, you just like flick it around and do like put it on the baseboards and wash your countertops with it instead. And you're really wanting to pay attention to any thresholds. So like front door, back door, um, windowsills and mirrors as well. Mirrors are also a threshold. And when you're finished, you throw the remaining floor wash out the front door onto your porch or front walkway. And that is just a heavier cleansing than the lighter cleansings that we talked about in previous episodes. You could also do a candle banishing that would target the spirit directly. Candle banishings are pretty straightforward. You just need a black candle, salt, and something to carve the candle with. So all you do is sprinkle salt in a counterclockwise circle around you, around your work area to visualize that salt creating casting that circle. Think about the target of your banishing spell and carve that intention into the candle. So if the spirit has a name, you can write that. You can just write, you know, any all unwelcome spirits, leave this place, whatever your intention is. Light your candle, place it in the candle holder, speak your intention out loud, and then allow the candle to burn itself out. So those systems of light and medium you know, magical workings should be enough for you know most spirits. If you need to escalate because the spirit is just not leaving and it's relatively strong and possibly aggressive, then you would need to move over to the you know heavy duty magical wardings, banishings, and possibly even spells designed to trap or imprison the spirit, which would obviously be much more complex and require the most energy, but will pretty much take care of any spirit. I am not going to share any ways to trap a spirit. I don't believe in trapping spirits. I feel like that's how you get angry and aggressive spirits in the first place. Like, I just don't think there's that many that need to be trapped. And I think, um, which is for some reason, will some will, you know, trap, spirits for fun, like that's just, I think it's a horrible thing to do, to trap spirits. Now, there are some that are very aggressive and very horrible, and um, there are practitioners that work specifically with that and to trap those particular spirits, but for the -the run-of-the-mill spirits that end up in homes or attached to objects, I think trapping it is the wrong way to go, because I just feel like, how would you feel, you know, if if somebody trapped you in a box or into a crystal or whatever it is, Um, it's only going to make you more pissed off. I don't know. I just think it's mean. I don't like it. So I am not going to recommend any forms of trapping a spirit. And I think if you are dealing with a particularly um, aggressive spirit that would need to be trapped in that way, then that's probably something that you would reach out to other magical practitioners to help you with. Um, So that is beyond the scope of this particular podcast episode. But for pushing out these uh, aggressive or strong spirits, then always start with the most, you know, effective heavy heavy duty cleansing um, that will work for you to get absolutely everything out of the space. And then do a strong banishing spell and then set up a very strong ward. So I will have an example of a banishing spell up on witchwednesdays.com. If you're interested in that, you could head over there and there are a lot of examples for wards. It really works depends on what works best for your space and what sort of tools you have on hand and how much effort you're willing to put into um, maintaining that and working on it. So if you have a lot of questions about wards, I might possibly do an entire episode dedicated to protections and wards if that's interesting to people. So let me know if you would like to have that particular information everything that I have on spirits and hauntings and and dealing with spirits, which can seem like a scary topic at first. um, If you have never dealt with them before, it's kind of confusing, but these steps should help you resolve anything quickly, safely. But if at any point you feel like it's outside of your scope um, and your powers within your witchcraft, you can absolutely see if you can find somebody, you know, more experienced in your area who can come in and help you. But if you have any other tips or advice that you want to share because you have dealt with spirits, definitely head over to the Discord server that is free, tons of which is over, over there that will you know answer any questions and you can share your tips and things um, to help. And if you have any further questions about spirits or particular situation happening in your home, then head over there and let us know. We are always around to chat. And that is everything that I have for Spirits and Hauntings 101. Um, and I will see you in the next one, and eventually I will follow up and do an episode on Cursing 101 to answer, you know, everybody's sort of questions (laughs) that they have. But if you have any other questions on spirits or hauntings, absolutely let me know. Otherwise, I will see you next week. Need even more? Subscribe to Patreon and YouTube for exclusive bonus content. Order a themed witchcraft box every month through Witch Wednesdays on Etsy. Be sure to follow on Instagram at Which Wednesdays Podcast. Find all these links and more at WitchWednesdays.com.